0: know that he's here, Amen. and that he's for us. You, so I want to welcome you all this morning. Amen. We have some visitors. Welcome. Uh, if you have a there you go. Show your appreciation. I mean, one of them came all the way from Saudi, so I mean, <laughs> so, I mean You know, we, it's nice to have fellowship together. It's nice to rather in a place where his presence gets manifested. If you have an offering this morning, tithe an offering, you know, we'll put it in the offering box and we thank you for those. This morning, we're gonna keep talking about entering his presence. Last week, we spoke about opening the lines of communication with God to enter his presence is through prayer. I mean, prayer opens that communication line. That's your line. That's your cell phone connection to God, is prayer. And then on top of that, you have, it makes a communion with God, it makes you one with God. This morning, if we look at Colossians one27 you'll see, for God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for the, you Gentiles too. And that this secret Christ lives in you, just gives you assurance of sharing his glory. This is the message that Paul's trying to convey to the people of Colossae in that message, in that letter to the Colossians. And it's Christ in you. I mean, these are pretty profound words written by the apostles. But it literally means that Christ is alive in his spirit. He lives and he dwells in the spirit of his children. I mean, you understand we are three-part beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. That makes up the human being. Your spirit is the real you. It's the core of who you are. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions. And your body is nothing more than your physical house. So you have all these things going on. And Paul says, "Now Christ is going to dwell in you. He wrote in Thessalonians 5, he says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. That's quite a statement coming out of Paul. That's quite a request he's asking. That God help you stay that way. In Second Corinthians 13 he wrote, examine yourselves. To see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely, you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. If you don't believe Jesus is with you, your faith is not there. This is what Paul saying. He's not speaking poetically. He's not speaking metaphorically. He means that Jesus Christ is literally dwelling within you. And just like the Corinthians, we believers today need to realize this fact. We need to understand that about ourselves. That Christ isn't somewhere outside, like some kind of helper we call in, like the handyman of our lives. You know, where you need a little this, you need a little that, you come up, come, Jesus. Jesus is already within us. He dwells within us. In Romans, he wrote, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God I mean, these are remarkable sayings these are remarkable things going on Christ dwelling within you now, think about it. this came from Paul all these scriptures that we've read come from Paul he didn't travel for three years with Jesus he wasn't there every day He wasn't cooking Jesus' breakfast. He wasn't in a boat, and Jesus said, go get some fish. But this revelation has come over him. God has spoke to him. Real intimacy comes from when you get to a place where you don't think you have to do something externally to connect with God. Where we think, don't think we have to do something. We don't have to build an altar. We don't have to get down on our knees. We don't have to drive over here. We don't have to go to so-and-so's house and listen to this music. We don't have to do any of that. We just have to call upon the Christ that is in us. And that's all we need to do. In Hebrew, the word is ruach hakadesh. It's the spirit of the Holy One. It's divine inspiration. It's a word of knowledge. It's God. It's man. It's prophecy. All this is contained in that one word. Ruach. The spirit. Akadesh gives you all the descriptions of the spirit. In 2 Corinthians 4. For God said... For God, who said, let there be light in darkness, has made his light shine in our hearts so we would know the glory of God that is seen in his face of Jesus Christ. He wants us to be the light of God, the light of Christ. We should be able to walk into a dark room and illuminate. And I'll tell you, if you've ever walked into a place that is spiritually in darkness, they will notice you immediately. Amen. They will notice who you are. Amen. They will tend to look away from you. They will tend to move away from you. Amen. They will tend to put their heads down. Amen. They don't even want to look at you. Because you represent that light. Amen. This is who Jesus is in He's within us. In verse 7, it says, And we know we have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, it's not from ourselves. The things we do, the prayers, When you're talking to God and you're praying, Lord, take this away from me, and it goes, it's not something you did. It's something God did. And we need to remember just who this God is, but Christ lives in us. The communication is there. We call upon the Christ that is in us. I mean, there are many people we know, who have a real relationship with Jesus. But they pray to a Jesus that's out there somewhere. They're praying to a Jesus who's up in heaven, yes. And he is sitting with the right hand of the Father. But they're praying to a Jesus that lives without them, outside of themselves. We know Jesus is omnipresent. We know that Christ is in all places at all times. That he is everywhere. He's in me and he's sitting over there. His spirit is in your house. It's in my house. It's in your automobiles. It's out there in the air you're breathing. (laughs) Because if God doesn't want you to have the air, he'll just take it away. we know that jesus sits with the right hand of the father but he also dwells in the inner man he also dwells within us look at paul's prayer in ephesians 3 It says for this reason i bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love our faith in Christ grows as we grow our strength in Christ grows as it grows our strength to overcome things grow in our relationship with Christ, you just can't go out and and overcome the world and overcome the fights. You've got to fight the spiritual battles unless you have Christ within you. You don't have the strength on your own. In the book of Matthew, in chapter 16, we see it says when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. And he asked his disciples, he said, who do men say I am? The son of man, who am I? So they replied, some said John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. So Jesus says to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered he said you are the Christ Amen. the son of the living God Amen. and Jesus looked at him and said blessed are you Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father in heaven and I also say to you that you Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Can you say amen? Amen. But the church is built on this simple revelation that Peter did not know Jesus was the son of God without the help of the Father. Without the help of the Father. And it is that connection through faith that where the Spirit of Christ is in us directly is connected to the Father. This revelation that Christ is in us through God means that we're the rock. We're the rock that Jesus builds his church on. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because we are the rock. I can get into what some other religions believe through that scripture, but I won't bother. It's too time consuming. You can look it up. You can see what the Roman Catholics believe. They believe that uh, Peter was, I'll tell you, they believe that Peter uh, became the Pope, so the first Pope was Peter, so they believe that the church is built on the Pope. That's their belief. But the Christians believe that it's through faith that this was revealed. It's our faith in Christ, it's Christ within us that Christ is building his church. He's building it through those that believe in him, those that accept him, those that know he dwells within us. In Philippians, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have to understand that. We do nothing without him. But through him, all things we do. So the quest to know God and to enter into authentic Communication and communion with him is pushed towards becoming one with Christ. I want to Jesus to be around me. I want to experience his power. I would like nothing better than to walk down the street and have the power of Jesus just heal everybody we walk past. But I know it wouldn't be me I know the only reason I can stand up here and speak on Sunday morning is because of Jesus in me. It's got nothing to do with me. It's all Christ. I want to be transformed into his likeness and empowered by his spirit. I want to ascend through the darkness and walk into supernatural victory. Because there's victory in Jesus. I don't want to sit on the sidelines and watch. As so many do. I want to be used mightily. I mean there's a reality we can all enter into. One of my favorite people in the Bible consider Enoch. I mean there is a book of Enoch that's Not in the Bible, but it's there. The scriptures say Enoch walked with God. And he was not. For God took him. This is the way I want to go. I want to walk with God and have God take me. And just go. Just go. But Enoch was living a supernatural life. He was walking with God in such spectacular victory that he ascended right off the earth. Can you imagine what that life must have been like to walk in that kind of victory? you take a step, and the next step, you're in heaven. You're walking down the mall, and boom. I mean, you and I can pursue that kind of reality in our lives. We may not be transformed like Enoch, but there's no limit to what God can do with us. There's no limit to what we can do for Christ. We just got to surrender and understand that he lives within us. I mean, we are supernatural beings. Jesus who walked the earth. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. That same Jesus is alive and working in our lives today. The same Christ. We can achieve so much more in our spiritual walk than we understand right now. There is so much more available to us. There is so much more power that is right in your fingertips. I mean, wouldn't it be so great to, go to talk to somebody, a friend of yours or something, and you know they've been battling this spiritual darkness and just say, spiritual darkness be gone, and it's gone? But it would be gone because of your faith in Christ. It would be gone because of the Christ in you. If we only put God first, we direct our purpose, we direct our purpose towards him and obey him, there's no limit to what we could experience. No limit at all. Matthew 19, But Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Living in supernatural unity with God begins with acknowledging him and realizing that our very lives are a gift from him. Acknowledge it. I mean, I got a friend, and I talk to him maybe once a week or so, and every, every time I say to him, How you doing? You know, it's just that difficult. You know, what's up? Hey, how are you? How you doing? His reply is, better than I deserve. My answer to him has always been, any day above ground is a good day. But that's so true. We live better than we deserve. We deserve to be dead. We're sinful people. I mean, we're only alive because God saw fit to create us. I mean, think about that. Without God's creation, we wouldn't even be here. God, the creator. Acknowledge him. Everything you see, he created. So when we get up in the morning, let's thank God for being around. Thank him, because there's hardships we're going to face. But he will get us through them. I mean, we need to have an attitude somewhat like Job. In Job chapter 2, Job's talking well actually his wife is talking and she's complaining about all this stuff and Job says to her you talk like a foolish woman should we accept only the good things from the hand of God and never anything bad I mean sometimes you're just going to have to face some problems but why do we do it? why does God put them there? to test our faith, to see who we really trust. Do we trust our friend on the end of our cell phone as we're texting away about how bad things are? Or we test the Christ that's in us as we call out to him. Help me, Lord. Guide me through this. Give me the strength. This is what we need to do. We need to understand. That these difficult experiences are there to strengthen us, to make us worthy. It helps us bring our spiritual life back into correction. Because sometimes we get a little crazy, we get a little too worldly. And God decides he's going to just kind of slap us around a little bit. Bring us back into order. Hebrews 12.6 said. For the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. He will discipline us. He will punish us. He will give us a time out. Because we need it. Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, even though I have received such a wonderful revelation from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. A messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times he said, I begged the Lord to take it over. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works in your best weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Think about that. You have this thorn in your side. We, we all have that. We all have something that just bugs us, but, it, but it's always there. Maybe it's another person. Maybe it's something else. But we all have that thorn in our side. And Christ just keeps telling us, my grace is sufficient. Trust in me is what he's saying. God the Father knew we needed an adversary. He knew that we needed a challenge. Right from the very beginning, the first chapter of Genesis, we read that the darkness was moving over the surface of the deep darkness was there but God created man to overcome the darkness to have dominion over it through his Holy Spirit Amen Amen Amen. Amen. we have control over the darkness that's why Jesus says in Revelation 7 21 or 21 7 all who are victorious will inherit these blessings I will be their God and they will be my children all who are victorious, overcome the darkness. The Christ is in you to do that. Don't succumb. We must acknowledge God in everything, the good, the bad, through faith. Thank him for everything that's happening in our lives. I mean, if we practice recognizing the lordship of God over the earth and over our lives. It becomes different. Remember, we not only say God is our Lord, but he is also our Savior. So he is our Savior, but we also call him Lord. Lord gives him the government over us. Savior means he saved us. He became our Savior, but he's also our Lord. And if we surrender to that We know enough to give God thanks in all things. Believing he's using the struggles to accomplish his will in your life. You'll be more and well on your way to developing that spiritual platform as you ascend into the spirit of God and walk with him. Imagine walking with God. Can you imagine? You can do that. You can walk with Christ. Let me touch this finally. We must learn to discern his presence. To walk in the unity of God. And today, that is becoming more and more and more important. The scriptures tell us in the end times there will be many false prophets and many false teachers. And we need to be aware of that. We need to be very, very sharp because Satan is out to deceive. And we need to understand, we must learn to understand who Christ is in our walk and allow him to give us the strength, the wisdom, the knowledge that we need. We must walk in unity with God. The Spirit of God is always present as we move through life. He's always with you. I mean, have you ever, like, just been driving down the road, you know, and you decide, well, let me take this little side street and go here, and you feel this voice saying, no, don't do it. Or just the opposite. You feel this voice telling you, get off the main road go around, go down here. I mean, I've had that happen. I've been traveling on the interstates. You know, I'm not talking recently, I'm talking years ago. And I would hear the Spirit of the Lord just tell me, get off the highway. And he'd send me down, it would be like getting off 595 and taking 84 East. And you find out that up there on 595, about two exits down, Was a mass accident, traffic's backed up for four hours. Or there's an accident where somebody dies and the road is closed. So you're not moving. So, I mean, God speaks to you. You have the Christ in you speaking to you all the time. You just have to understand his voice. Because the enemy has a voice too. Get to know the difference. God's spirit is with us continually. Sometimes we move a little too quick for God. Sometimes we get a little self-absorbed that we miss what God's trying to speak to us, what God's trying to say to us, because we get so caught up in ourselves. Oh, it's birthday party time. You got to go, got to go. You got to slow down. The old saying was what? Slow down, take time to smell the roses. <laughs> yeah. Slow down, take time to listen to God. We don't want to be too quick to miss what he's telling us. That's so why like Jesus tells us in Revelation 2, 29, he says, he who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Remember, we're the churches. God is building his church on us. We are the rock. You are the rock. Jesus speaks to many of his children by the spirit. But so many don't hear his voice. Because they're too busy. They don't develop that ear to ear. God is a lot. We're not surrounded by empty space. God is here. His presence is here. He manifested Himself this morning. His Holy Spirit, He made some of His power known. He touched the hearts of some of you. Remember in Acts chapter two, when the Spirit of the Lord fell on those believers as tongues of fire, God was baptized, when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of God manifested himself as a dove. Or in Ezekiel 1.28, the Spirit of God manifested himself as a rainbow. Why the Spirit of God manifest himself as tongue to the believer? Because the tongue is used to speak and the Holy Spirit was given to us into the church to impart things on us and speak to us. That's why it's here. The Spirit of God is always speaking to us. He speaks through divine intuition. But so many of us, and I'm honest, I've missed God at times too. And when I've missed it, he's let me know of Shortly after, you should have done this. I told you, but you didn't listen to me. But he always says, My like, grace is go. It's real easy to recognize the weighty heaviness, the anointing. They sang this morning, they were anointed. You could feel the anointing on them. As we prayed this morning, you could feel a heaviness of God. You could feel a A manifest presence of God. But at that time where you're just sitting in your couch. Or you're sitting down just under a tree. And all of a sudden God wants to speak to you. And sometimes that's not as easy to recognize. But it's just as strong. It's just as powerful. So I encourage you today to go through. Your day, tomorrow, the next day, and every day. Look for ways that God may speak to you. Listen for his voice. Listen to what he's telling you. Learn to develop that relationship with him. Because the more you go after him, the more he's going to find you. Let's discern his ways. Let's not fall asleep on the Holy Spirit but be sensitive to his presence. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand.